good to see you in the house of the Lord this evening and to continue our series uh, entitled A Journey to the Cross. Tonight, the title of my message is Everything We Need. Before we go there, just go to the Lord one more time and uh, just ask for his covering. Amen. Father God, we just thank you because of how great you are, God. Thank you that you are great in power and great in compassion, great in forgiveness, great in love and loving kindness, Lord God. We're just thankful for how great you have been in our lives. Thank you, Father God, for your spirit that's in this place. I thank you for the word that you have spoken into my life. And I thank you, God, for the opportunity to speak it into the lives of your people. But God, I can't do it on my own. I need your anointing. I need your Holy Spirit. I need your power, your wisdom. I need your grace, God. So I pray tonight, God, that your anointing would be upon me, that you would fill me, Father, with your power. God, that you would touch my mind, my mouth, my heart, my body. That you would touch your people as well, God, so that you would be glorified in everything that takes place tonight. And the like has already been prayed. God, I pray that you would just take this word, that you would establish it in the soil of our soul, God, that we could rise up to higher heights in you. That we would understand who we are and what has truly been accomplished in the power of the cross in our lives. We give you the praise and the glory and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Before I get to the main portion of my message tonight, I just want to quickly pick up where we left off last week and show us that the cross of Christ is not only to be at the center stage of our lives like we talked about last week, But the cross is also in itself the center of all of our provisions as well. Because of the cross, I get this title. Because of the cross is where we find everything we need. Everything we need, church, in our life can be found at the cross of Jesus Christ. Any need that you and I will ever have in our Christian walk and in our Christian faith has already been met through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. And all we have to do is learn how to appropriate it and learn how to apply it into our lives. And that's really where I want to go this evening. Philippians 4.19 says, and, and I was going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to stop in the very first three words. It says, Philippians 4.19, the first three words says, He is able. He is able, church. No matter what this situation we might be going through this week or even tonight, God is able to see us through. No matter how the odds might be stacked against us, no matter how tall the giant we face, no matter how rough the winds and the waves might be in our life, God is able to see us through. I'm thankful that we have a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could even ask or think that he is capable of doing. The reality is, church, and not to get off my notes, but there are a lot of gods out there that aren't able to do anything. There's a lot of gods out there that aren't able to see you through. They aren't able to heal you. They aren't able to give you hope. They're not able to give you a future. They're not able to give you guidance, peace, joy, rest, anything. They're not able, but our God that I'm talking about this evening is able. And Philippians 4.19 says that he is able to meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory. 
He's able to meet all of our needs, church. And I want you to understand that God is always specific with the words that he speaks. And he spoke that God is able to meet all of our needs. Not some of our needs, not a portion of our needs, not a segment of our needs, not only a few of our needs, and not even most of our needs. He said that through Jesus Christ, he is able to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. I don't know about you, but I'm thrilled to know that, that, that there is never a shortage in heaven. There's never a recession in heaven. There's never a depression in heaven. When it comes to God meeting my need, He's never out of stock, church. I want you to understand that, that, that heaven is always able to meet every single need we have according to His riches and glory, not ours. You see, our, our cupboards might run dry, but God's cupboard never will. Our well might run dry, but God's well will never run dry. And it's why he is able to meet every need we have according to his riches in glory, church. And it's why in him we can find everything we need. Everything we need. The truth is there isn't a single need that any of us will ever encounter in our life that hasn't already been provided for through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. He is able to meet every single need. But the only way that we can gain access to those riches, the only way that we can gain access to those that, that great supply that is being held in the, the throne room of God church, the, the, the only way that we can come into contact with these riches or with these bountiful blessings that God has, the only way that our need can meet His supply church is through the cross of Jesus Christ. You see, the reality is every single one of us have a need tonight. I might not know what it is, but I guarantee you that every single one of us have a need in this house this evening. And the only way for that need to come in contact with God's supply is through the cross of Jesus Christ. If you want your need met, you need to learn how to go to the cross. If you need to to experience that bountiful supply and the riches of God's goodness in your life, you and I need to learn how to go to the cross of Jesus Christ. Remember, before the cross, we had no access to God. Before the cross, we had no access to His throne room of grace so that we could find help in our very time of need. Before the cross, church, if you know the Bible, you know that we had no access to the holy place. We had no access to the holy of holies. We had no access to that place where the glory of the Lord dwelt along with the ark of the covenant, church. Before the cross, we had to stand outside and look in. Before the cross, we had to depend on the work of man. If you know Bible history, before the cross of Jesus Christ with the sacrificial system, all of God's children had to rely on the work of man to go before God and intercede on their behalf. Before the cross of Jesus Christ, we were separated by a veil. But after the cross, after the blood... After that one all-sufficient sacrifice offered himself and hung on a cross and bled and died on our behalf, after the cross, church, we gained total access to the throne room of grace so that we might find help in our very time of need, so that we might find the answer to every single need that will arise in our lives. And if that doesn't make you happy, if that doesn't excite you, church, I don't know what will. 
Because the reality is, whatever difficulty you go through in life, and no matter how terrible the tribulation and the trial may seem, we can have confidence and have joy in the fact that that need has been provided by, uh, been provided for by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the very place where we find everything that we need, church. Second Peter 1 3 reminds us of the same thing when it says, Through him we have received everything pertaining to life and righteousness. Everything. Again, look at the word that, that God uses. Everything. Not, not that he has provided for us some or, or, or most or a little bit. He has provided everything we need. Pertaining to life and righteousness. And if you don't understand what that passage means, it means that God, through the work of Jesus Christ, hanging and dying on the cross, church, through Jesus Christ, He has provided us with everything we need to live above sin. He's provided us everything we need to live above depression and live above despair and live above fear and live above frustration, to live above sickness, to live above doubt. He's provided through the cross of Jesus Christ every single thing we need to live above this world, to live above sin, to live above death, to live above destruction, and even to live above the judgment of God because it all has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is through Him that we have received everything pertaining to life and righteousness, church. There is nothing more God has to do to make us whole than He's already done on the cross. There's nothing more God has to do to make us whole, to make us complete, to make us fulfilled, other than what He's already done through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the one all-sufficient sacrifice that I've already preached about. What He did on the cross is completely complete. What He did on the cross, church, makes us completely whole. There's nothing more that God has to do. I hope you understand that. He's already given us everything we need pertaining to life and righteousness. If you want to live a righteous life, look to the cross. If you want to live a godly life, look to the cross. If you want to live a life that's well-pleasing to God, if you want to be an example of Jesus Christ, apply the blood of Jesus Christ to your life. Because at the cross, He's given us everything we already need pertaining to life and righteousness. Listen to me, church. There's no reason for you to grumble because your need's been provided for. There's no reason for us to complain because our need's been provided for. There's no reason for me to be, woe is me, to look down and be discouraged and be dismayed because our need has already been provided for. We don't have to walk around like the tail. We don't have to walk around like the underneath. We can walk around like the head and the above. Why? Not because of anything we've done, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because it is there we have received every single thing we need, church. Shame on us when we grumble. Shame on us when we complain. Because when we do, we are watering down the blood of Jesus Christ. And we're saying, God, I guess your blood wasn't good enough. God, I guess the cross wasn't good enough. God, I guess the sacrifice that your son made on my behalf was not good enough. We need to be careful, church, because through the cross we've received everything we need. Nothing more has to be done by God. That doesn't mean nothing more has to be done by us. God did everything He has to do. 
There are some things we have to do. There's some things we might have to implement in our lives. There's some disciplines we might have to practice in our lives. There's some stuff we might have to appropriate in our lives. There's some things we might have to learn in our lives. There's some things about the cross we might have to study in order to learn how to apply it to our lives. Before you drive a car, you had to learn how to drive a car. Before you learn, before you, you know, can cook a good meal, you, you might have to learn how to cook a good meal. For us to enjoy the fullness of what God has in store for us, we might have to learn a few things, church. But I want you to understand God has done everything He needs to do. It is through the cross we've received everything we need pertaining to life and righteousness, church. What I want us to understand is that through the cross, God has given us everything we need to live above everything this world can throw at us. If you remember in part one of this series, we looked at Christ as the one all-sufficient sacrifice. The one sacrifice that was lacking nothing. You see, the reality is every other sacrifice before Jesus lacked something. It's why they had to make another one and make another one and make another one. It's why blood had to be shed again and again and again because it was lacking something. But I want you to understand that the one all-sufficient sacrifice lacked absolutely nothing. He was perfectly perfect. Do you understand? He was completely complete. There was nothing lacking in the precious Lamb of God. And it's why He was the one all-sufficient sacrifice for all of mankind for all of eternity he lacked absolutely nothing completely complete and perfectly perfect church he was the one sacrifice that not only satisfied God once and for all remember all the other sacrifices didn't satisfy God but when Jesus offered himself as priest, as the, the precious lamb of God, it was the sacrifice that was accepted for all time but not only did Jesus not only uh, did that sacrifice satisfy God once and for all, but the one all-sufficient sacrifice provided us everything we need to live and move and breathe in Jesus Christ as well. It not only satisfied God, it provided for you and me every single thing we need to live and move and breathe in the presence of God. The, the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Grasp this. It not only pleased the Father in heaven, it gave you and me everything we need to live above this world, to set ourselves apart, to be salt and light, to be all of those things that God has called us to be and to receive all of those things that God's treasure in heaven contains. It's all been made available to us. Everything we need is found at the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen, it's what all-sufficient means. It means lacking nothing. It means, like I already said, completely complete. And it's why He can meet every need we have. Because everything He has has been made available to us through the cross of Jesus Christ. We have to understand that at the cross, God granted and God gave and God provided for us everything we need. Nothing was left out of Jesus' work upon the cross, like I already said. Remember, when Jesus hung on the cross, He said, it is finished. 
When Jesus hung on the cross, and this will be part of my study further on, so I'm not going to get into a lot of detail with this, but I simply want to remind you that as Jesus hung on the cross, before he breathed his last breath, he said, it is finished. He said, it is done. He said, my work is complete. He said, now everything has been provided for, for my children. They no longer have to suffer lack. They no longer have to live in fear. They no longer have to be prisoners of sin. They no longer, no longer, no longer, and I can go down the road. They no longer have to bear in their body this thing called sickness and disease because my work is now finished and complete. And through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have gained access to every bit of it, church. Every bit of it. Keep in mind that as he hung on the cross and he breathed his last, the earth shook. The stones split and the graves gave up their dead, the Bible said. And the veil of the temple was torn into, granting us total access, unrestricted access to God and the bounty of his glory. Like I said, though, we can't just go rushing in. There's a process that we still have to go through in order to come into the presence of God. And we'll look at that in just a second. But at the cross, Jesus unlocked all, unlocked all the treasures of God's kingdom on our behalf. Unlocked all the treasures of God's kingdom on our behalf. Before the cross, I said it, access was denied. Before the cross, the door was shut. Before the cross, we had to stand outside and look in. Before the cross, we could not enter in. We could not go in. But after the cross, access was granted. After the cross, our every need was now met, church, according to His riches in glory. Every single need. Understand the cross was the only key that had the power and has the power to unlock heaven on our behalf. I want you to understand that the cross of Jesus Christ is the only key that has the power to unlock divine healing into a body that is filled with sickness. I want you to understand that the cross of Jesus Christ is the only key that has the power to unlock faith and unlock joy and unlock peace and unlock happiness and unlock freedom and unlock all of those things, church, into our lives. It's the only thing that that has the power to unlock forgiveness into a life that is plagued with sin. The cross of Jesus Christ is the key to, to accessing everything that God has, everything that God has made available. I show that in Isaiah 22, 22. It says, I will place on his shoulder the key to the house of David. And what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And we all know what was placed upon his shoulder. We all know what Jesus had to bear. We all know what he had to carry to Golgotha's hill. And that was the old rugged cross. And the cross is the key to all of those things that have been provided by God. He put on Jesus, it says, I will place on his shoulders the key. Well, what's the key? The key is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that was placed upon Christ's shoulders. And I want you to understand that what the cross unlocks, no one can lock. What the cross provides, no one can take away. What the cross closes, nothing can open up, church. I want you to understand the power of the provision that was made at the cross of Jesus Christ. It unlocked things into our lives that if we would appropriate it properly, nothing and no one can take away. 
Do you understand what I'm saying, church? It provides a peace that the world can't give and the world can't take away, that circumstance can't touch, that, that this world and trial and tribulation can't touch. It is through the cross we are provided. And when the, when, when, when the cross offers it, no one can take it away. It's completely complete. It's fully full. It's perfectly perfect. You understand what I'm saying? I want you to realize that the work Jesus Christ did on the cross lacks nothing. It has the power to take you from today all the way to glory if you appropriate it properly. It has the power to see you through every single storm and trial and tribulation in your life if you appropriate it properly. No one can take it away. No one. I don't care how tall the giant is. He cannot take it away. As long as we understand the power of the cross of Jesus Christ, church. I hope we all understand the power of the cross when we make it the center of our lives. When we make it the center of our faith. When we make it the center of our thought process and the center of our conversation like I've talked about. And the center of marriages and relationships and your, your finances, church. There is power in the cross of Jesus Christ when we make it the center of everything that we do. And listen to me. When you make the cross the center of everything that you do, it becomes the center for everything you need. When you make the cross of Jesus Christ the center of your marriage, it becomes the center of every need you need to have met. You understand? It becomes the center for your strength. It becomes the center for your joy. It becomes that very place you go to in your time of need to have that need met. Every marriage has a need. But if you don't have the cross at the center of your marriage, that need can't be met. And your marriage will be lacking. If you don't have the cross at the center of your family, it cannot meet the needs of your family and your family will lack. If you don't have the cross at the center of your faith, your faith will not receive everything that it needs to stay strong and vibrant and hot and passionate and full of zeal, church, and it will suffer lack. The cross must be at the center, like I said, of everything that we do. And when it is, it becomes the center of everything we need. It's the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. The truth is nothing. There is nothing the cross of Christ has not provided for His church. Absolutely nothing. I know we don't always live like that, but we should. I know we don't always talk like that. But we should. We don't live like the cross has provided us everything we need. We don't talk like the cross has provided us everything we need. A lot of times we don't think like the cross has provided us everything we need. It's why we're filled with doubt. It's why we're filled with fear. It's why we're filled with anxiety. It's why we can't sleep at night. It's why we, we struggle through all the evening. It's why we worry all day long. Because we have not appropriated the power of the cross over our mind. We haven't appropriated the power of the cross over all these areas of our life. And we wonder why we don't have victory. Because we have not applied the power of the cross, church. We should talk 
Like we believe that there is power in the cross of Jesus Christ. I said it earlier on, in the, just even this evening, when we grumble, when we complain, when we gripe and we grope about all these things that we're going through, what are we doing? We are, we are weakening the power of the cross in our life. We need to talk like we understand that there is power in the cross of Jesus Christ. Listen, the cross is what the devil is afraid of. The cross and what Christ accomplished on the, on the cross is the only thing that the devil's afraid of. It's why it's got to be part of your conversation. The only way you're going to overcome the devil, the only way you're going to overcome sin, the only way you're going to overcome the attack of the devil is by incorporating into your speech the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. We are more than overcomers through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the work of Jesus Christ. We have to implement that kind of language into everything that we do. Through Christ, all things are possible. And whenever we talk about through Christ, we're talking about, we're not just talking about Christ as the person. We're talking about the life of Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. You can't leave that out of who Christ is. So when we talk about we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus the Lord, if there was no cross, we wouldn't be conquerors. If Jesus didn't conquer the cross, we wouldn't conquer the cross. If Jesus didn't overcome sin, sickness, and death, neither could we. But it was part of his life. And it's why we can claim everything we need according to his riches and glory. Listen, the truth is a divine exchange, a divine supernatural exchange took place on the cross of Jesus Christ. It's something I'm going to look at over the next few weeks, but tonight I just want to highlight a couple things. I want you to realize that an exchange took place where we got what he deserved and where he got what we deserved. I want you to understand that on the cross an exchange took place, and I'm going to read this twice, and it's even on a slide. An exchange took place on the cross where all the evil and all the wrath and all the punishment and all the judgment that was due to us by justice came on Jesus so that all the goodness that was due to Jesus that he earned by his sinless obedience even to death on a cross might be made available to you and me. I hope you understand the power of the exchange that took place on an old rugged cross. It is where we got what Jesus deserved, and it's where Jesus got what we deserved. It's where he took all of our punishment and all of our pain and all of our suffering. He took everything, the judgment and the wrath of God, upon his own shoulders so we shouldn't have to bear it. A divine, supernatural exchange took place on the cross of Jesus Christ. There's nine divine exchanges that took place upon the cross, and we'll look at those in the coming weeks. But I want to highlight here. That there was, that the cross was more than just a place Jesus died. It really is more than a place where He took our sins. I want you to understand that this, then, then a, that a supernatural exchange took place on this old rugged cross. The cross is where Jesus was punished so that we might be forgiven. The cross is where Jesus was wounded so that we might be healed. The cross is that place where Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness so that we might become the righteousness of God. The cross is where Jesus died our death, the death we deserved, 
so that we might share in his life. The cross is where Jesus was made a curse so that we might receive all of his blessings. The cross is where Jesus carried our poverty so that we might share in his abundance, church. The, the cross is where Jesus bore our shame so that we might share in his glory. The cross is that place where Jesus en- endured our rejection so that we might share in his acceptance. And the ninth divine exchange that took place on that old rugged cross is the fact that it's where our old man died in Jesus so that the new man might live in us instead. These are the nine divine exchanges that took place on a cross. We deserve none of it, but he gave it anyway. We deserve none of these things, but he gave it anyway. And the things that we did deserve, he took himself. We deserved punishment. We deserved the wounds. We deserved all of these things that Jesus, we deserved the curse. We deserved the shame. We deserved the rejection. But Jesus took it so that we could experience newness of life. That is the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we begin to learn how to appropriate that, when we begin to learn how to implement that in our lives, I'm telling you, you will live a Christian life like you've never lived before. You will have impact in this world like you will never have before because I want you to clearly understand there is nothing that can change this world other than the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Listen, I'm not saying, please don't misinterpret me. There's nothing wrong with these nice, soft chairs that we spend a lot of money on to sit in. But it ain't going to save a soul. I want you to understand, we can have nice, brand new carpets spread out from wall to wall. But it isn't going to save a soul. We can have a $50,000 piano. We can have a $300,000 sound system. But it will not save a soul. The only thing that will save a lost and dying soul is the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed upon an old rugged cross. Hallelujah! And it is that cross that has to be seen in you and me if we plan on changing this world. It's that old rugged cross. Listen, some of us gotta mark our, some of us gotta get that cross back up on our shoulder, church, so that the world can see how good God is, so that the world can find their way to Jesus Christ and so that they can find their way to the Father. Listen, there's nothing wrong with all of this stuff. This is a way we do all of this stuff, church. Really. Because we feel God deserves the best. But if this becomes the priority of our faith, if this becomes the priority of this church, we may as well pack our bags and go home right now. Because it's got nothing to do with that. It has to do with the goodness of God that was demonstrated towards us. And while we were yet sinners, He died for us upon a cross. And it is at that cross where we receive everything we need. Listen, if you have a loved one in your family and they have a need, lead them to the cross. If you have a a friend 
If you have a coworker and they have a desperate need in their life, you can talk to them till you're blue in the face. But until you lead them to the cross of Jesus Christ, they'll be as empty as they were before you started your conversation. Lead them to the cross and they'll find everything that they need. If you're struggling and you've got all sorts of difficulties, go to the cross and you'll find everything you need, church. I'm going to talk about the divine exchange as we go along in the coming weeks, but I simply shared all that to show you that at the cross of Christ, we have received everything we need and not what we deserved. You see, the reality is we deserve death, but he offered us life instead. The reality is we deserved separation from God for all eternity. But he offered us reconciliation instead. The reality is we deserve judgment, but he pardoned us instead. The reality is we deserve torment, but he offered us comfort instead. Do you understand what I'm saying, church? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we have received everything we need. We'll never be able to find a single reason why we deserve this exchange. Because we don't. You can read the the, the Bible from front to back and you will never ever find a single reason why we deserve this exchange because we don't deserve it. We don't deserve any of it. Like I just said, we didn't deserve it and don't deserve it because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We don't deserve any of his goodness because all of our righteousness is like filthy rags, the Bible says. We don't deserve anything that God has bestowed upon our lives, church. Nothing. We don't deserve any of it. But we received it, church, because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of His love. Because God lavished His love upon us. Because God so loved the world in an unfathomable way. He so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever would believe in Him and cling to that old rugged cross should not perish but have everlasting life, church. It's why. It's the only reason why we have received anything. It is because of His unmeasurable, immeasurable love. There's no other reason. You, you're not good enough to get a smile from God. I'm not good enough to get a pat on the back from God. None of us are got any righteousness that's righteous enough to get even a little grin from God. It is all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is all because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And through that, we have gained everything we need, church. How many of you are thankful for a place of grace? Amen. That place that we can go to and receive what we don't deserve, church. We can go there any day. We can go there any time. But in order to come to the Father, you've got to go there sometime. We've got to go to the cross. The cross is God's very place of grace, church. The cross is the ultimate expression of His immeasurable love towards us. It's where He poured Himself out as a drink offering. It's where he poured himself out. Do a study sometime on a drink offering and parallel that to what Christ did for us. The more you study the word, the more you'll be amazed at the goodness of God in our life. But it is the cross is where he poured himself out as a drink offering to you and me. Emptied himself. Nothing left, church. 
realize that the Bible tells us, if you know the whole crucifixion thing, when, when Jesus died on a cross, they didn't break his bones, but they shoved the spear up in his side. And the Bible says he ran blood and then water. There was not one ounce of blood left in Jesus' body. He poured himself out. He emptied himself. He com- I hope you put all this together. It's why his work was completely complete. It's why his work was fully finished. It's why he could say it is finished because he poured out every single thing he had. And now it's why through him we gain everything that we need. Amen? That's the goodness of God, church. What I want you to see here. Let me look at Romans 8.32 and I'm going to start winding down in just a minute. But Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Listen to that. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with his son graciously give us all things? And he used the word graciously, reminding us that we didn't deserve his son. And we don't deserve anything else either. But through his grace, if he would pour out his son through his grace... If he would give us the very best thing that he ever could give us, if through his grace we received the precious lamb of God, why would he ever hold anything else back? Anything else you and I ask of God is like piddly compared to what he's already done for us. Anything you would ever beg God for, anything you would ever call on God for, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's work in your marriage, whether it's work in your family... If God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, why would He not then also along with Him give us everything we need, the Bible says. It's ridiculous to think that our God would give us His Son and yet not give us anything else. It's ridiculous to think that it would be too much for God to heal my body. It's ridiculous for us to think that it's too much for God to heal my marriage. It's ridiculous for us to think it's too much to bring home my lost son or my lost daughter or to do some other kind of miracle in my life when He's already given us His Son, Jesus Christ. If He who gave up His own Son... Why would He then not give us everything else we need? I say all that because when you have a need, don't be afraid to call on God. When you're going through a hard time and a difficult time, when the, when the situation seems impossible, when you seem like, when it seems like it's a menial little request, when you think like I don't deserve it, guess what? You don't. But He gave you His Son and He'll give us everything else we need pertaining to life and righteousness. Don't be afraid to call on God. Don't be afraid to ask God. Don't let the devil come whisper in your ear and say you don't deserve it. The reality is we don't. You know what? You need to turn back to the devil and say, I know I don't deserve it, devil. But God gave it to me anyway. I know I don't deserve it, devil, but God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And if He gave me His Son, He'll give me anything else I need according to His riches in glory. That's what we got to believe, church. And it's how we have to live. Please understand that the cross of Christ is where we are made complete, church. It's where we find everything we need. If you need peace, if you need comfort, if you need joy... It's available 
through the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to put on some music if we do. I don't usually do this, but this is the way the Holy Spirit's leading me. If you're on the prayer team, if you're on the designated altar team, I want you to come up front here. I just want you to make your way and come up front. Because there are some needs here in this church. There are some needs that every single one of us have. It's a need you've been bearing for a week. It's a need you've been bearing for a month. It's a need you might be bearing for a year, maybe even ten years, and it's not been met. But I believe tonight that the Holy Spirit wants, to, wants us to take some time to come to the cross of Jesus Christ where we can have every single need met according to His riches and glory. You see, right now the devil will whisper all sorts of stuff into your ear. You don't need to go up there. The devil will say, well, you've been up a hundred times and nothing's ever happened. I want you to know that if you have step out in faith and begin to appropriate the power and the provisions of the cross of Jesus Christ, if you step out in faith and you plead the blood of Jesus Christ over your situation and over your circumstance, I want you to understand that you are using the key to everything God has for you. If you have a need tonight, I don't want anybody to rush off and leave. We've still got a few minutes left. But if you have a need this evening... I want you to make your way up here. This isn't to single anybody out. This is to find freedom. This is to find healing. If you need healing in your body, it's been provided for at the cross of Jesus Christ. If you've got some difficulties in your marriage, all of that's been provided for in the cross of Jesus Christ. If you've been praying for a son or a daughter... His salvation has been provided for. Her salvation has been provided for at the cross of Jesus Christ. If you have a need and you want to bring it to the cross, I want you to just come up here, find someone, and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over that situation together. The rest of you agree with us as we pray, but we're just going to take a moment, church, and pray and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our situations. Amen. We just take some time, church. I'll pray and... We'll meditate together and we'll just ask the Lord to come and intervene and plead the blood of Jesus Christ over our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.